0: And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about Walgreens' most recent retail roadmap. What might we learn from their last earnings call? And why do they refer to consumer-centric healthcare as their next growth engine? I'll talk about that. Then we welcome Tim Barry, CEO and chair of VillageMD, as he goes behind the headlines of their $9 billion acquisition of Summit Health that was just announced a few days ago. Tim shares how the acquisition can accelerate VillageMD's vision for improving the consumer experience and clinician experience. And he shares where their in-store partnership with Walgreens is headed going into 2023. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. flavor of the week. We can learn a lot from Walgreens' most recent retail roadmap and what it does and does not include. In their October 13th earnings call, Walgreens CEO Rosalind Brewer told investors that the company is, quote, well underway in their transformation to a consumer-centric healthcare company. The summary of the call on their website dives deep into one of their business highlights, which they state as, quote, building their next growth engine with consumer-centric healthcare solutions. It lists the following four highlights. First, they've accelerated their full acquisition of Shields Health Solutions, a specialty pharmacy that services health systems. Second, they've completed a majority share acquisition of CareCentrics and accelerated a full acquisition by entering into a $392 million agreement to acquire the remaining 45% stake. Third, they've continued the rollout of VillageMD with 342 total clinics and 152 co-located clinics now open, and they're on track towards 200 co-located clinics by the end of calendar year 22. And fourth, they've established 70 Walgreens health corners to date and are on track towards 100 by the end of the calendar year. Now, we mentioned CareCentrics. They're the leading independent home-centered platform. Their partnership with Walgreens better addresses the needs of people with complex or chronic conditions as they transition out of the hospital. And apparently, Walgreens saw value in their advanced data analytics capabilities, which enable highly personalized care plans to help people transition to the right side of care and prioritize care in the home when appropriate. This approach supports both care quality and value by reducing hospital readmissions and improving patient satisfaction and outcomes. Now, this roadmap includes several significant parts of the disruption equation, including acquisitions and partnerships, increased access to primary care, the convenience of retail health, expansion to home care, and the pharmacist playing an important role in the consumer experience. I also find it interesting what it does not include. For instance, it doesn't talk about a full transition of virtual care. Walgreens is making a significant investment in in in-person care options. They're also not trying to be something that they aren't. They're doubling down on their strengths. A coordinated, tech-enabled, retail-led consumer company. And lastly, they're not investing in full-service hospitals. And I'm not sure anyone expected them to, but I think it's important to point out. They're sticking to the parts of the value chain that makes sense for them. As always, I like to say that time will tell how successful they will ultimately be. But the visions of where Walgreens and other big retailers are headed tells us a lot about why they're putting their money where their mouth is. And it starts with using language like building our next growth engine with consumer-centric healthcare and undergoing a transformation to a consumer-centric healthcare company. Let's keep paying attention to where these retail roadmaps are headed. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. let's get into the flow. First and foremost, I want to welcome back our regular contributor, James Gardner. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jared. It's delightful to be with you
1: and Tim. I'm looking forward to today's conversation.
0: And now let's welcome our guest. We want to welcome Tim Barry, CEO and chair of Village MD. Tim, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared.
0: Thrilled to be here. We want to get just right into it here. But first and foremost, tell us about your bio and background. What else would you like our listeners to know? Well,
2: I have spent the better part of my career in healthcare. I kind of stumbled into healthcare to be perfectly honest with you, I was a technology entrepreneur and looking at interesting solutions to try to kind of spread what people knew. Sort of the idea of knowledge management that, you know, once you have information, you want to share that information and have others learn it. And I got into healthcare courtesy of a college roommate. And uh, I frankly have fell in love with the industry ever since. So it's been, uh, it's been a challenging, but it's been a joyride for the last That's time. outstanding.
0: Well, let's get right into the news here. We want to congratulate you on the Summit Health slash CityMD news. Let's start off. What can you tell us about the acquisition itself?
2: Yeah, what I can tell you is that it's, uh, you know, it's things you can see in the, the press releases. It's an $8.9 billion acquisition. You know, Summit, CityMD, it's a wonderful organization, predominantly in the Northeast. What you don't necessarily pick up in the press releases that I'd love to be able to share with your audience is that what I found in my like 20 years in healthcare is that when organizations come together, it really is all about the culture. And if you have aligned cultures on what you're trying to create, then you have amazing opportunity to do something really special. And the thing that, that I would share about Summit and Village is that the two organizations have an aligned culture. There, there's an entire workforce at Summit of 13,000 strong that wake up every single day and they are really focused on delivering excellent clinical care for their patients and creating an environment where the physicians and nurse practitioners and other clinicians really feel a level of support to deliver that excellent care. And so when, when you have a leadership team there and a leadership team here that really are committed to the same thing and wake up every single day with that same orientation it really creates, I think, the ingredients for a great potential uh, success.
0: What well, we like to focus on a lot of times here here on this show is we like to talk about the disruption that's happening specifically from the consumer's point of view, which again is one of those things that doesn't necessarily leap off the page in a headline or whatever. So, you know, we're interested in how all these big moves impact the consumer experience. You know, did we make healthcare easier, better, more accessible, those kinds of things? So let me ask you about that. Like, what does this mean for your patients and for Summit's
2: patients? Well, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm so glad you focus on that, Jared, because there's so much consolidation that has happened in the industry over the span of the last decades, and it would be almost impossible to show that it has led to a high degree of success. And the reason being is that more often than not, people are trying to proliferate a fee-for-service healthcare system. We all know that the fee-for-service healthcare system is broken, and it is not, in fact, patient-centered. It is not focused on value. And what's exciting about this consolidation is that these are two organizations who today are squarely focused on how do we deliver an excellent experience for our patients and how do we do it in a value-based model. You know, it's kind of crazy that uh, value-based care is now becoming a thing because, frankly, it should have always been the thing as it relates to care, like driving to better clinical outcomes, giving people a great experience and then not having to have them experience as much medical misery, i.e. the cost of healthcare, as we have in fact allowed. And so from our standpoint, when we think about Summit and we think about Village, we think about two organizations who really are gonna continue that focus of doing the right thing for the patient and always doing it in a value-based model. So you know, when you think about what Summit has done historically, Summit has been known for excellent clinical care when the patient is in the exam room with the the doctor, right? And also caring staff and providers who follow up with the patient to make sure that they're doing okay, right? That those are kind of hallmarks that have made Summit and CityMD the excellent organizations that they are today. But they haven't necessarily been on this value-based journey. They're starting that value-based journey And with Village, they're going to have a chance to really accelerate that journey. And what that means ultimately to the patient is that when you are, it means you're going to have a model of care that is proactively helping you with all of your health-related conditions, not just when you don't feel very well, but a team of people who are proactively helping you manage your health. It means it's an organization that's going to be around 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that if you need something, whatever it may be, and wherever you may be, that that organization can meet your needs. It's also going to be really high touch because for some of us who are fairly healthy in the healthcare system, we don't necessarily need or want someone to be engaging with us all that often because we feel like we're in a good spot with our health and we want to just keep managing our health. But for the one in five Americans who have chronic disease that represent 85% of all the healthcare spend in this country, those folks need a little more high-touch nature. We shouldn't ask them to navigate the healthcare system on their own. We should, in fact, be helping them because we are experts. We know how to treat diabetes. We know how to treat COPD. We know how to treat CHF. And those are conditions people live with 24-7. We want to make sure that we're we're helping them along the way and little touches along the way. The last thing is that, that people will experience a very coordinated model of care so that whether you're seeing a primary care doctor or whether you're seeing an orthopedist or whether you're seeing a cardiologist or frankly, whether you get admitted to the hospital, you want to know that your health care provider is aware that you're there and they're doing everything they can to help support you and get you on the right path back to your health. So that's what's going to happen for all of the summit patients in a value-based model. And for the patients who are currently village patients today, you know they have the benefit of that proactive high-touch 24-7 model, but they don't necessarily always have access to cardiologists and nephrologists and pulmonologists who are all underneath one umbrella working in this sort of harmonious way that ensures that everyone is focused on you and your outcomes as a patient. And that's what I think is so exciting about the the two organizations coming together.
1: So Tim, you've described a really exciting transformation of the patient experience, but can you also talk to us about what this might mean for clinicians and the experience they can expect working with Village MD?
2: Yeah, it is. And I'm so glad you asked that, James, because the the reality is that I've had the pleasure in my career of, of talking to physicians in all 50 states. I'll never forget going on a vacation. We did a Disney cruise with the kids when, when they were younger and we stopped in Alaska. And that was the only state where I hadn't yet visited with physicians. And so I, I made a point to go and visit a uh, a primary care practice in, in Alaska. And what I've learned over the years is that physicians are frustrated by the system. They know there's a better way. Not only are they frustrated by some of the EMRs that haven't been all that provider friendly or even patient friendly, They've been frustrated by the fact that there's all these quality measures that aren't coordinated by the payers or by the government. And and they really want to deliver the best care they can for their patients. But they're only reimbursed in a fee-for-service system for whenever they see the patient. So if you're a doctor and you pick up the phone and you call the patient... Just to see how they're doing after they were discharged from a hospital or you want to swing by their house just to check on them. Historically, you weren't given the opportunity to be reimbursed for it or you had these whole other hoops you had to jump through in order to be reimbursed for it. So said differently, the way the system worked just kept forcing everyone to work inside their silo. And when physicians go into practice of medicine, they're inspired by their professional colleagues. They want to talk about cases together. They want to learn from each other. They want to help each other keep getting better as as professional colleagues. And what we're able to do in a a multi-specialty-based model, in a value-based model, is give them the opportunity to do that and do it in a way where all we care about is, are our patients getting better outcomes? And while we're doing that, are we, in fact, ensuring that our patients don't experience as much medical misery? And that is such a—it's an eye-opening and refreshing approach for docs. Yes, there's still some things that we have to do because we are a regulated industry and there's certain things the government or the payers sort of require for us to do. But when that mindset starts to permeate across a physician culture, it becomes pretty special. And from that standpoint, doctors actually believe healthcare will be transformed. Because they know deep in their hearts, they're the only ones who can really transform it. And we're giving them that opportunity to kind of, you know, be the best they can be as it relates to how they deliver care as individuals, but also, frankly, as a group of colleagues.
0: That's not just a statement somewhere. That's a mission statement. That's where Village MD wants to take health care. Can you tell us more about that? Like, what else does that impact and how do you do that?
2: You know, there's, there's a lot of... Times that we talk in, internally with our employees, and we sort of reinforce to them that you know we're, we're doing something that is hard. We're not an organization that's trying to you know be around for five or six years, and maybe things go well, and you sell to some other organization. We tell our employees quite candidly that we're on a hundred-plus year journey. Right? When people ask me the question, "Hey Tim, where's Wordsville is going to be uh, ten years from now?" I, I'm, I'm not trying to give them kind of a nippy little answer. But my answer is always, we'll be 10 years closer to a 100-year journey. And I think when you develop that mindset in the organization, you start to also develop the mindset, which is we're going to do the right thing for our patients. And, and yes, we stumble along the way and we make mistakes. But if, if the heartbeat of the organization is one that's focused on how do we do the right thing for doctors and patients, and how do we take this long-term orientation, then I think we're going to win. And that and I think it's important for the leadership team and not not just the administrative leadership team, but actually more importantly, the physician leadership team to really buy into that same phenomena. We had a an event with our physician leaders, like two hundred and fifty of our physician leaders in Florida early this earlier this year. And uh, I would get asked questions about like what we're trying to accomplish. and I share with people quite candidly that you know thirty, 40, fifty years from now, I'm gonna be dead, right? And, and they're likely all going to be dead. But the real question, the real measure of success that we have as that group of leaders is, did we have 250 become 500, become 1000, become 2000, et cetera, et cetera? Like, are we expanding the pool of physician leaders? Are we expanding the number of people who think about this as a, as a hundred plus year journey to deliver the best healthcare? And I think when you start to get people believing that, that we are, in fact, going to do the right thing, we're always going to do the right thing. We we back that up in terms of of how we execute and deliver as an organization. Then I think it you know people start to believe it, and then therefore it starts to show up in the day to day and things that that frankly people didn't think were possible now starts to become possible. I'll give you a very tangible example. If you look at the, the populations that we manage that are Medicare age, Medicare eligible, you know, COPD and CHF are two of the most significant disease states that, that you'll find in the, in the Medicare population. And those two alone constitute over 50% of the total utilization and spend of, of the Medicare system. And, and when you first start talking to some primary care doctors about COPD and CHF, they're like, oh, of course, I've got tons of COPD and CHF patients. And then you start to share all the data about what happens with these patients, and you show them kind of longitudinally what happens in the day in the life of one of these patients, it opens their eyes, right? And then, then when we say, well, good, listen, we're gonna become excellent primary care practitioners at delivering care for COPD and CHF patients, some of them, you know, maybe hadn't been as comfortable in their clinical skill set with those very complex patients. And we say to them, listen, we're going to get better tomorrow and get better the next day. And we're not going to expect you to go from, from where you're at today to being phenomenal at this overnight. We're going to invest and it's going to take time. But we are, in fact, going to be able to show we can deliver better results. And that's what we've been able to do with, with COPD and CHF patients is we've been able to show that those patients, when we see them often when we touch them and we're available 24-7 when we coordinate their care, they don't need to go
1: to the ER as much. They don't need to go to the hospital as much and they end up living better lives. Tim, this is very exciting. And we've talked on the show at length about retail health and the experiences that people are beginning to see at Walmart, at CVS, at Amazon, at even Dollar General. But for those of us who are still somewhat new to what you're doing, can you talk to us about Walgreens, and Village MD, and how you're actually operationalizing that experience at their stores across America.
2: Yeah, thanks, James. So our partnership with Walgreens is a pretty unique and special one in that we're bringing full-service primary care clinics out into the neighborhoods where people live and work, right? At the end of the day, that's really what this is all about. But we're doing it in in a model that allows for our primary care doctors To have at their fingertips an aligned pharmacist who's also trying to drive to the best outcomes for the patient, right? This is not a strategy of, you know, can you bring primary care to a retailer so hopefully they can sell more Cheetos and Doritos? It is not nothing to do with that. I I give Walgreens, the Walgreens team a lot of credit because, you know, three years ago, they were in the business of having these kind of small, they call them take care clinics It's like a minute clinic where it's you know you walk into the retail establishment you turn right past the greeting cards and left past past the toothpaste and there's a little room in the back and you can go there and you know for a strep throat test i guess and we sat down with them and said listen we think there's a better model we think there's a model to bring primary care physicians family practice doctors internists and bring them into the community and, and into a setting that you know frankly is one that allows for respect the fact that patients want a degree of privacy they want a degree of privilege in terms of how they experience care and in a model it's very professional and so you know so we we basically go out and we bulldoze about 35 to 40% of the front end of a Walgreens and we build an entirely new clinic and so when you walk into one of these locations you walk in the front door, which is branded Village Medical and Walgreens, and you turn right to go into the Walgreens, or you turn left to go into the Village Medical location. And once you're in there, you, you are in a beautiful looking clinic. It is, uh, there's eight to nine exam rooms, it's state of the art from a design and technology standpoint, and a very warm, welcoming staff. And, and in these locations, you've got primary care physicians, right? And so your healthcare needs can be better met, not just, you know, frankly, if you got a cough or cold or strep throat, but for those patients who are managing chronic conditions, you can go into those locations and and you're going to have wonderful access to excellent care. And you're going to have this pharmacist who's literally just beyond the doorway of the clinic who can help you with your medications because as a value-based provider... It's important for everyone to understand that if you're value based in terms of your reimbursement, you're on the hook. Like you're financially responsible for all of the healthcare that your patients realize. And so from that standpoint, when you look at being value-based and you look at the fact that we spend $4 trillion a year on healthcare, 85% of which is tied to less than one in five Americans who have chronic disease, you know that to be good at value-based means you have to be excellent at delivering care of patients who have chronic disease. In order to do that, you also have to make sure that those patients are on their medication. So in our, our Medicare patients, we have almost a quarter of our Medicare patients who are on a dozen or more meds. And so when, when that happens, you want to make sure that the pharmacist can help ensure that they're taking the right medications, they're on the right refill procedures, they know what they should eat and shouldn't eat when they're taking their medication. And so it's allowed our patients to have not just easy access to their doctor and not just easy access to their medications, but a clinically aligned organization who's helping ensure that you understand why you're
1: taking which meds and how you're taking them to make sure that you know, you're, you're doing better in terms of how you, you manage your health. Tim, another aspect of the recent announcement that I'd like to understand better is the role of Cigna, who we saw was brought in as a partner in the acquisition of Summit Health. Can you unpack that for us, please? We've had a really great relationship with
2: Cigna for a lot of years. And so there's a number of things that we've done with them that, that have been, you know, smaller pilots in various markets, all with an orientation around how do we try to deliver better outcomes for, for patients, right? So in, in all cases, like to be a value-based provider, at least for Village, if we don't improve clinical outcomes, even if the cost of healthcare comes down, we don't realize the savings, right? So you, you have to deliver better outcomes as a provider. And so Cigna has, I think, grown to appreciate what we've been able to do as an organization that initially was in one market and now we're 22 going to 26 markets after this acquisition. And they've grown to appreciate that our model is fully focused on value-based care. But unlike some providers who are value-based care and only focus on the Medicare population, we focus on all patient populations. And so it's Medicare, it's commercial, it's Medicaid. Half the clinics that we build are in medically underserved communities. And from that standpoint, Cigna looked at it and said, well, gosh, like this is, this is not an organization who's going to have six clinics in one geography. This is an organization that's going to take care of hundreds of thousands or millions of patients in each of the geographies where they work. And so from that standpoint, they said, we think this is a really phenomenal model. We think you've been able to prove you can scale. And even though you have scaled at a really fast rate, you're still delivering great outcomes across all the markets. And so we want to invest behind that, and so that's kind of what led to it. And frankly, we think there's some really interesting synergies that we can gather in partnership with Cigna as well. They have a division called Evernorth. Evernorth has been trying to make advancements around, you know, virtual first care and, you know, behavioral healthcare, oncology care. And so the idea of leveraging some of the things that they've been building with our kind of core focus on the patient and the provider and value we think could be an interesting model and something that we hope to uh, e- extrapolate with other plans that we ha- have really good partnerships with as well.
0: Yeah, Tim, we really appreciate this uh, this behind the scenes because it does help us connect the dots, like James was saying. In our last minute here, I wonder if you could just share any goals for 2023 uh, in terms of whether, whether that has to do with where that expansion with Walgreens is going Or anything else about the Summit acquisition, or just anything else we haven't even covered yet?
2: Yeah, well, you know, we we are continue to roll out our expansion with with Walgreens, right? So, literally this week, there will be six new clinics that open. So, the teams that are out there at Ed Village today are just, you know, crushing it in terms of what they've been able to do to stand up all of these clinics. It's really hard work, and they do an amazing job. So, so we're going to continue to, you know, expand upon that relationship. But I'd say the most important thing is that you know this that this acquisition and the coming together of, of Village and Summit is really what I think is so strategically important for our organization, and and it really is about bringing the value based orientation that Village has to help accelerate what Summit has been doing for a long time, and then frankly also bringing that multi specialty capability that Summit has into some of the village markets. We probably won't be able to get there for all of our markets in 23. It just wouldn't make sense. We want to make sure that whatever we do, we can deliver and execute on. But, but being able to do those two things is, is really the strategic reason we got into this. We want to make sure we can deliver on it. Because at the end of the day, you know, where we started the conversation, it's all about, are we doing something better for patients? Are we doing something that's going to improve outcomes? Are we doing something that's going to reduce the cost of healthcare? Because people, are, they're fed up, right? They're frustrated by you know, constantly seeing increases in their healthcare costs. And and we're trying to really do something different and transformative in that way. And, and so bringing our organizations
1: together as, as one entity is, is where I'm focused for 20 Tim, this was really fun. Thanks so much for joining us. You truly are a change agent. And what you're doing is exciting to Jared, to myself, and to all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me.
0: Thanks again.